You're listening to ClearTrack HR Podcast, a show about employee benefits, employment law, and other topics for HR professionals. Don't forget to subscribe if you like what you hear. Now here's our host, Zach Finney. Thank you for listening to the ClearTrack HR Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Finney, and I am very happy to have our guest today, Deborah Hamlin, who is the owner of Energy by Deb. She is based out of Flower Mound, Texas, very passionate about helping people to become energized using breeze, breath, food, sleep, and movement. Deb, thank you so much for joining today. Well, thank you so much for having me today. I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to it, too, and I can't wait to kind of dig into workplace wellness and energy management. But before we get started, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I am obviously very passionate about health and wellness for both myself and for others. And my favorite things to do is to participate in some exercise. So I do some hit classes, some yoga classes, some core classes, and then I walk and run. And then another passion of mine is experimenting in the kitchen. And I like to make all kinds of different foods. And you can find some of my experiments on my website um, at energybydeb.com. And uh, and one of my favorite things to work with is chocolate. I love to eat chocolate, and I eat it every day. So chocolate is on my website, too. Um, I have three kids. Uh, two are twins, and they are at Mississippi State, where their dad went to college. And then I have an, one that's 17 months older than them, and she is at Texas Tech and will graduate this spring. And uh, I, as you said, I live in Flower Mound, Texas, with my husband and my dog, Millie. And my background is I started off as a dietitian, and then I moved on to um, wellness and did well coaches. And then I saw that uh, wellness doesn't work real well if you don't have a degree in the HR field. So I got a master's in organizational development and then got certified in corporate wellness. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. And you, and you said you had twins. I have a 12-year-old and a 2-year-old, and I cannot imagine what it must be like to have twins. I don't know how you are still standing after that. <laughs> it was crazy. I'm just going to tell you, it was very crazy. <laughs> and then, yes. I, I think I heard you mention energybydeb.com. Is, is that where listeners can kind of find out and get to know you better as far as the online presence? Yes. I have a website there, and I uh, contribute to that every so often. And, and then you can also find me at and you can always email me at energybydeb at gmail.com. And then I have to confess, I'm not really great on doing social media, but I do have an Instagram account at energybydeb. And then I have a LinkedIn profile at Deborah Hamlin. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include that in our show notes. So what got you into the wellness and energy industry? So what got me in is a, a long time ago, uh, a organization asked me to come speak for their wellness program about nutrition and being a dietitian that was my specialty at the time and so I said sure and I started doing that and I absolutely loved the results uh, that I got when I spoke to those people and so then I went on to experience wellness coaching and during that coaching uh, experience we had to read this book called The Power of Full Engagement Managing Energy Not Time is the Key to High Performance and Personal Renewal by Jim Lower and Tony Schwartz and man that book just hooked me into wanting to do corporate wellness and so um, eventually I went on to get a master's 
my master's degree so that I could have a, an HR type degree to help in the organization and then um, to certify in the corporate wellness. But it all started um, working for a small, or, you know, consulting for a small company a while back. Is it, can you just a little bit about your coaching program as a whole? Sure. My coaching program is for anyone who wants to be healthy, happy, happy, and highly energized in life. I think happiness is really important also. And so I call this my energy journey. And I often encourage for the corporations, the CEOs and upper management to take the energy journey themselves because um, once a, the, that person learns about what energy can do for them and their enthusiasm grows for uh, wellness, then they can spread that to their organization. So after they become energized, then we can talk about how to bring it to their corporation. And then because the leaders of the organization are really the stewards of, of energy for everybody because uh, energy is quite contagious. I don't know about you, but if you hang about, hang around with somebody who is really energetic, how do you feel after you've been with them? Right. You're almost um, uh, energized yourself. It's like a recharge. Exactly. And you want to do things that you didn't want to do before you were hanging out with them, right? Absolutely. Yes. So it, so it works that way. So if you're a CEO who is, is the person who is in charge of all of bringing that positive energy to the workplace is energized, they can help all their other, the other people will be drawn to them and then the whole organization can become energized. So it's really a cool experience. It sounds like a cool. So, and I need some energy because it is where I am at right now, rainy and dreary outside. And so I'm excited. That's what we're talking about today because I know I could Definitely, that's an area of improvement personally. So that this is going to be very okay. educational. Well, yeah, thank you. So my theory is that whenever you're working with wellness, is that you want um, people to want to be well. If you force people to well to be well, it generally doesn't really work too well. So my programs always meet people where they are, and the people choose when they want to meet and how often they want to meet. I don't have set programs because, to me, set programs takes the motivation from people and takes away their their want to do things. So that's really what my coaching program is about. Awesome. And then when we think of workplace wellness, can you expand to our listeners kind of what is wellness culture? So wellness culture is, uh, is the culture that you want to put into your organization that makes people, your employees want to come to work because they're excited to be there. And, and the organization supports that through their policies, their procedures, and their and the norms. And, uh, and so they support their employees, not just in health, well, in a complete health way. So focusing on employee career health, social well-being, financial health, physical health, emotional health. And so the question then begins, how do you really truly do that? So I think for to, to kind of zone in on it, so let's talk about work-life balance. So you kind of brainstorm what goes into work-life balance as a whole. So do we have policies and procedures and norms that encourage people to actually take lunch breaks and not, and not have uh, lunch meetings? You know how a lot of companies have lunch meetings? Oh, yeah. And then... 
yeah, you just never get a break, right? So you want to stop those and encourage lunch breaks. And incur um, do you have times during the day where people are actually taking breaks? Or are you just trying to have them just plow through the whole day, you know, and never take any breaks? Um, does everyone in your company work eight hours and then actually leave work? Or do you have the the leaders staying and working 10 and 12 hours a day, setting an example that is not congruent with um, with work-life balance. Uh, are there flex hours for some people to take uh, to make their lives more enjoyable? So the question is, do you really promote work-life balance? It's not just about those programs that you bring into the workplace, but about making the whole culture in the workplace a healthy place to be and a well place to be and a fun place to be. I can't agree with you more. And I can remember uh, former employers that I've had where it was, if you took a, a full lunch break, like you said, you'd almost, you felt you were looked down upon, even if that wasn't the reality, it was the perception, at least that's the culture it felt like, right? You almost felt yep. bad if you ever had to take PTO for something other than a medical reason, right? And instead of just a, I just want a mental health day, right? Yes, that's exactly right. And, you know, instead of having humans be humans, we're kind of trying to make humans into machines. And humans can't be machines. And so they need breaks, right? So you have to, in order to have energy, you also have to recover and relax, and then you can have some more energy. So it's really important. Like there's many studies that will that show that if you work for greater than like about 50 minutes to an hour and 10 minutes, that your brain just really can't go longer. It needs a small break. Doesn't mean a huge break. It needs a small break to, to stop and refresh and then recover so that you can move on. And working through lunch really decreases productivity. It, it does not increase. So a lot of people think you need to work longer to get more done. And that's really not true. You work shorter, take breaks, recover, and you can get a lot more done. And then when we think of wellness programs, as far as I'm a company, I want to implement a wellness program at, at my at my company. Is there a good and bad wellness program? I mean, what is kind of the your advice as far as how to even start that? And could you put in a bad wellness program that would make things even worse? <laughs> you like, what is your experience there? So I do think you can put in wellness programs that do make things worse. So in my uh, my opinion, you want to host programs that increase your employees' energy, not drain their energy. And you also want to offer programs that employees want to participate in and are not made to participate in. Um, so in other words, if um, so, if I told you today, uh, Zach, I want you, you have to walk five days every day this week. And if you don't, you're going to have to pay me $5 for every day that you don't walk. How do you feel about that? I, I probably wouldn't be too stoked about it. Exactly. And so I think there's so many wellness programs that are using, they call that uh, the carrot stick approach. And to me, that really doesn't work because now you feel totally demotivated about walking. You're like, right? Like Absolutely. you don't really want to walk anymore because somebody just told you what to do, right? Right. Exactly. It's like my, my two-year-old right now, the pretty much mental philosophy for all things is I don't want to do anything you tell me to do. I want to do the exactly. opposite. Yes. And adults do not like to be told what to do, right? Yeah. They never grow out of it. That's for sure. 
it's exactly right. So I think a lot of these carrot and stick approaches to wellness are not helpful. They're very demotivating. And that is out in there. That, there's a lot of that going on out there. So when I was writing my master's thesis, one saying that I came along that I really, really like is stop doing wellness to people and instead do wellness for people. So I think that when you focus on that in an, a wellness program, it turns out to be a whole lot better. And, uh, you know, instead of making people do what the insurance, you know, the insurance companies often dictate what your wellness programs are. But in reality, if you think about uh, the, the programs that they're wanting you to do, it's not for your benefit or what your employees may necessarily need is really for their benefit right to make money Absolutely. so i think there's a, a right there's kind of a balance in in there and uh, and then i think so therefore encouraging the employees to get involved in the process of figuring out what they really really want doing surveys and and catering to their needs and then i think another wellness um program that's not a good idea are all the weight loss programs that are oftentimes offered because like most of them have a biggest loser component to it right right if you right so if you ask me if you want to have energy deprived people it would be <laughs> you would if you calorie deprive them correct yeah, yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah it makes i don't know if you're a fan of the office but it makes they have an episode that they did that it was a weight loss thing and at the end of it they were all passing out on the scales <laughs> so. yes and there are so many organizations who have this as part of their their wellness program and in all reality if you do fast weight loss right you have yo-yo dieting and yo-yo dieting leads to increased health claims later on so it's really exactly what you don't want in the wellness program but man is it happening a lot in the in the industry and then so from your experience let's say i'm an hr manager and I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to start looking into a wellness program. What I want to implement. What are some tips do you have as far as what do those HR managers need to be looking for or where? Um, I think that first of all, getting the employees involved in choosing the programs would be a super good start because once you have their buy-in, your program is going to be a whole lot more successful. And then um, look for programs that promote energy instead of depleting energy and make sure that your upper management is ready to participate and promote and encourage the programs because without your upper management supporting your program you really are not going to get the results that you want so that that's a hard one but it's really really important and i wrote my thesis on that too getting oh, nice. how important that is and then so when we think of I mean, I, I hate to even bring it up now. It's it's just I'm so ready for it to go will go away. But when we think of COVID nineteen, how has that mm -hmm. affected wellness programs? Well, I think work life balance is being compromised. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like it's kind of getting to be a blur? I, I think it, with remote work, and I'm currently remote working, so I'm sitting in my office at home and. And when the clock, you know, let's say the theoretical clock strikes five and I'm supposed to be off work, I'm not, there's no environment change, right? I'm not um, uh -huh. having my commute home um, and then going to the, oh, thank goodness I'm home. Now it's all blended together where there's, it's all the same place. So yes, there has been mm -hmm. a, definitely a blur as far as my experience. Yes, and I think that's really compromising people being well and having time to take care of themselves. 
And I also think weight gain is beginning to be quite a problem. As you've seen on the news, people are just gaining lots of weight because they're just in one place and because they don't have time to take care of themselves anymore because work is consuming everything. So I think that's a big problem. And then, of course, you can't attend classes anymore for for because the gyms are closed. And so what's your experience? Have you ever taken any class exercise classes on Zoom yet? I have not taken any exercise classes on Zoom. It's only because I'm Zooming around chasing these kids so much that I feel like I don't have time. But uh, it would be interesting, that's for sure. Well, I can tell you that I have been trying to, and it's just not the same. You just, you don't have the same energy. You don't, you, it's just totally different. And you just, feel like a a lone person by yourself instead of that group where you have that interaction with all the people around you and everything. So I do think that classes are being offered, but I don't think people are necessarily attending them. Right. And then, I mean, the theme I keep hearing is energy, energy, energy. I mean, I think we all want more energy in our daily lives, but what are some tips you have for getting more energy? And let me get my pen and paper out because I need this. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question first. So I want to know, how do you feel after you eat your, like, Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner Mm -hmm. or any holiday? How do you feel? Usually bloated um, and and lethargic um, and ready to go to sleep. But then there's always round two. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so on the other side... How about if you're so busy doing so many things that you forget to eat lunch or you forget to eat supper or you skip breakfast? How do you feel after that? Low energy, malnourished, um, and usually hangry, I would say, by that point. Yes. And so one of the biggest things, in my opinion, for adding energy to your life is really paying attention to how much you're eating. Because obviously, if you eat too much, you feel very de-energized. And if you eat too little, you don't feel good either. So there's definitely a balance. So you want to seek that balance where you're nourishing yourself to the point that you have energy. And so oftentimes that means that you eat every about four to five days, four to five days, four to five hours. Um, And so that you don't let your energy levels get really low. And like, there's a lot of studies that some people say that if you skip breakfast, you can lose weight. Or if you eat, don't skip breakfast, you'll gain weight or whatever, or you won't lose as much weight, whatever that, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about trying to stay energized throughout the day. So, finding the amount of food that truly satisfies you and doesn't make you feel um, lethargic and then eating every four to five hours. Sleeping seven to eight hours a day is really huge and something that I think is kind of frowned upon in our culture right now. Like if you say I slept eight hours, people are like, oh man, I wish I could do that. Yeah. 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 Or yeah. Right. And so, and then there's a lot of people who pride themselves on like, well, I only need four hours of sleep a night. I can get everything done. If I'm not, if I'm sleeping more than that. It's just a waste of time. And really, in all honesty, it is not. And and if you don't sleep, it certainly increases your chances of having a heart attack and heart disease and all kinds of horrible stuff. But it also drains your energy the next day. Even though some people think it doesn't, it truly does. Um, and then moving periodically throughout the 
work day because, you know, you, you get started on working on things, you get really intense on it. And then before you know it, two or three hours have gone by, but that really doesn't keep you energized because as you're, the longer you go at sitting in that one place, the less creative you are, the less productive you are, the less focused you are. So really making yourself just get up and move around. Um, when you're in the workplace, of course you can walk around, but at home, get up and move through your house. And then also outside of that, get up and extra, try to aim for 30 minutes of activity per day. And, and another thing is taking time to breathe. And people don't even think about breathing, I don't think. It's just like something you automatically do, something you don't think about. But taking time to just one minute breathe and focus um, and clear your mind does amazing things for you. So, Deb, when you say, you know, the you were mentioning the breathing and, and taking time, is that like a meditation type thing where you're just kind of, I'm picturing I'm sitting Indian style and I'm breathing in with my eyes closed. I mean, what is, what do you mean by taking that break to, to breathe? Really, it's just sitting in your office chair. It's not crossing your legs or, any, or sitting right. in Indian style. It's really just taking your, uh, sit up straight and bring your shoulders up toward your ears. And then move them towards your back and then bring them down towards your bottom. And so now you should be sitting up really straight and you should have a, a, a good path from your belly button to your nose, right? And then you just close your eyes and just breathe. And try not to think about anything. Just breathe and see what happens. And only in a minute will do amazing things. Well, I'm definitely going to try it out. And if you could see me now, I know this is just audio, but I'm sitting up very straight now with the shoulder exercise that did line me up. But but when we think about, you know, we talked about workplace wellness, right? And now we're talking about energy management. Is that kind of one in the same? How does the energy management tie into workplace wellness or does it? Are we talking about two separate things here? I really don't think we're talking about two different things. I think it energy management is the foundation of your wellness program because if you don't have energy, you're not going to be able to you, you can't be productive without energy. So I believe it's the foundation. You want to build your people up um so that they can be productive so that they can learn things so that they can be more creative so that they can be more more mentally focused. So I believe it's the foundation. And then what can HR managers and employers do to help their employers, employees, I'm sorry, with energy management? Is it all tie into the wellness program that we spoke about earlier or should there be specific kind of focus on it? I'm going to say it's going to be part of the culture. So um, one of my, one idea is, is to take every time you start a meeting is to start it off with just a minute of breath sitting like we just talked about and breathing. And then if you try that, if you you can organize a meeting like that, I think it'd be interesting for you to start observing what happens to see what it happens for you personally when you start breathing and then do the meeting, but also watch about the dynamics of the team, looking for more creative ideas, um, a more relaxed atmosphere, more strategic ideas, a more focused group that you're working in. A minute of breath can do all those things for an organization. So that's one thing. Um, I would encourage walking meetings when you guys get back to working in an office. Walking meetings help to do, well, it helps you move, but it also breaks some different barriers for people and they can talk more freely when they have walking meetings. I love um, that. Encourage, 
yeah, um, Steve Jobs used to do that a lot in, because men particularly communicate better when they're walking than when they're sitting and looking at people because they don't especially love eye contact sometimes. So, yeah, that one's a really good one. Um, encourage people to take breaks during the day instead of making it like you're wasting time kind of deal. Um, it would be really nice for the breaks. Um, giving them an opportunity to eat lunch without distractions. Um, and then right now, encouraging people to socialize with one another is huge. And uh, in fact, like the socializing thing, if a boss can call their employee and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, that is really so helpful right now to mental health and other things. So that one is, is another way and encourage people to just work their eight hours and then go home and be with their friends and family and do activities that they enjoy. This has been awesome, Deb. I, I've learned a ton, and it's been super interesting. Here at ClearTrack HR Podcast, what we try to do is get to know kind of your expertise and really dig into some subject-heavy material, but we also like to try to get to know our guests on a more personal level, and, and it, I mean, I feel like it's scientifically proven that rapid-fire questions accomplish that. Are you okay with answering some rapid-fire questions? Yes, I'm okay with it. Okay, well, we'll get started. So, okay. first first things first, real easy. What is your favorite TV series of all time? The the what's that the gamut for the you know the one about the chess player? Oh yes. Uh, gosh, now we're both going to be stuck. Yes, it's on Netflix. The Queen's yes, Gambit. And it, the Queen's Gambit. Yes, I really really like that one. That was fantastic, and I am. I'm very competitive by nature, and that is one thing that I remember growing up. My father was actually good, and I couldn't—I was never good at chess, and it drove me. I could never figure it out, and so I thought I would hate that show, but it was uh -huh. fantastic. That was such a good show. I, I agree. Yes, I like All that right. one. So now I'm going to give you some either-or choices. You tell me what's better, okay? The okay. 80s or the 90s? 90s. Richard Simmons or Jazzercise? Jazzercise. We may hilarious. have, and you may have dated ourselves, but I, I know where you're coming from. Pasta or pizza? Uh, pizza. Beach or mountains? Ooh, that's a tough one. Mountains. Good answer. Lunges or squats? Uh, gosh, I do both of those. Uh, I kind of like lunges better. Yeah. And then, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Ah, uh, superpower. Uh, I would like to even have more energy than I have right now. I think that would oh, be a superpower. That definitely yeah. would be a superpower. Um, if yeah. you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would it be? Well, so I live really far away from all of my, my family. My parents live in Vegas. My sister lives, and her family lives in North Carolina, and my brother lives in Colorado. So it would be awesome for all of us to have dinner together. That's awesome because most people to answer this, that is an impossible dinner to have, and that one can actually be accomplished. So that's a that's nice. What yeah, makes what makes you the happiest? Being outside, doing what is, something. What is the best snack food? Mm, best chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Good answer. And then, do you have a favorite sport? Um, I don't necessarily have a favorite sport, but I love doing hit. I love doing hit. 
that That's is awesome. one thing I love. So yeah. Yeah. And and then the final question, the most important question, we got a list going. What is your favorite movie of all time? It is the always. Great answer. Deb, I greatly, greatly appreciate you joining us on this dreary day, at least where I'm located, and trying to up the energy. Um, I've learned a ton. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and I hope that you'll come back and visit us again soon. All right. Thanks so much for talking to me today. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Deb, and thank you to all our listeners. You can see more information about Deb at our show notes, and thank you for coming again, Deb, and joining us, and thank you, listeners, for all the support. You can find all things podcast-related at cleartrackhr.com slash podcast. Thank you so much and talk to you soon.